Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Wednesday show for week 23, uh, March 22nd of 2023. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Of course, uh, the very beginning of April will be the uh, end of the season, so that'll be very exciting. Uh, And I'm excited to get to the playoffs. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that on today's episode. I'm your host, Karsten. Um, But before we do that, we must first talk about our game summaries from last night's action, as well as the latest news across the league. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Our first game from last night's action was uh, a Southeastern Division matchup, the Orlando Magic hosting the Washington Wizards, and the home team got the victory in this one, 122-112, to uh, thanks to a Orlando rally at some point in this game. Um, Hold on one second. We've got some struggling internet connection here so that's obviously a great uh great omen for the show um while that's loading I'll, i guess i'll just talk about you know we've had a lot of great games um it sounds like tonight uh wednesday night we've already had some some interesting things that we'll have to talk about tomorrow's show or on tomorrow's show rather um so that'll be something to uh, certainly watch out for by the way um, we are not joined by justin on today's show because he is um uh, pretty busy again with his schedule. Uh, as I've mentioned in the past, he's got a pretty uh, uh, pretty heavy workload at the moment, not just his job itself, but also going to school and doing a lot of other things. So, um, you know, certainly understandable. We, you know, wish him the best as he, you know, works to do those things. And, you know, hopefully he's able to complete them to the best of his ability. Um, but in the meantime, we'll go ahead and take care of the show in his absence. Um to be completely honest, this uh, page is not responding very well for me. Uh, so this is a great omen for the show. We've never really had, we've had times in the past where, um, you know, the page just doesn't try and load at all. Um, and, you know, it comes up with a blank screen. This time it's loaded and then it does not allow me to interact with it um, in any sense. So we might be stuck with... Um, just the box score for this particular game. Um, again, there was an Orlando rally that helped them win this game. Um, look at the box score for the um, Washington Wizards, uh, the team that lost, the road team. Um, oh, here we go. Hey, we got it loaded. Never mind. Okay, flow of the game. Back and forth game. Um, Orlando took it towards the end, but there were nine different lead changes in this game. Uh, looking at the box score for Washington, they were led by Kristaps Porzingis, who had 30 points in this one. Uh, they had three of their other four starters and double figures in scoring, uh, as well as 15 points and 10 rebounds from Denny Avdia off the bench. Um, 16 points for Bradley Beal, 14 points for Monte Morris, 12 points for Daniel Gafford. Meanwhile, for the Magic, uh, all five starters scored in double figures uh, with two guys with 10 or more points off the bench as well. Um, leading scorer was Gary Harris. He had 22 points, uh, two steals and two blocks as well, getting it done on both ends of the floor. He was six of nine from three-point range. Very impressive for Gary Harris. Uh, 20 points for Franz Wagner, 18 points for Paolo Bancaro, and 17 points for Markel Fultz. Uh, Cole Anthony had 16 off the bench, and Maurice Wagner had 15 off the bench. Uh, and that's a nice win for Orlando. Um, of course, they will most likely be eliminated from the uh, play-in picture, playoff picture within the next uh, week or so. 
Um, they're just a little bit too far behind some of these other teams uh, like the Wizards. But um, I think there's been plenty of signs to show some optimism for next season as far as, you know, a uh, sophomore season for Bancaro. Wagner's getting better as well. You have the chance to, you know, make some offseason moves. So I think Orlando's in a good spot. But again, nice win for them at home against the Wizards. Next, the Atlanta Hawks won at home against the Detroit Pistons, 129-107. to uh, And they really ran away with it in the second half. Uh, through the first half, no team led by more than uh, eight or nine points. And then in the second half, the Hawks really just uh, went on a tear, leading by as much as 29 towards the end of the fourth quarter uh, as they go on to win this game. For Detroit, they were led by Marvin Bagley III. He had 31 points, eight rebounds three steals and two blocks getting it done on both ends of the floor as well. Uh, 21 points for Killian Hayes, 17 points for Jay Nivey and 12 points off the bench for the veteran Corey Joseph. Meanwhile, for the Hawks, all five starters scored in double figures and they also had a couple of guys off the bench doing that too. 30 points and 12 assists for Trey young. Uh, let's see. De- DeJounte Murray did not play in this game. He has a lingering injury that he's dealing with. So, but Bogdan Bogdanovich got the start and he scored 18 points uh, to complement Trey Young scoring 12 points, 16 rebounds, two steals and two blocks for the underrated Clint Capella, 15 points, eight rebounds for John Collins and 12 points, six rebounds for DeAndre Hunter off the bench, 14 points and 11 rebounds for Sadiq Bay, the newly uh, recently acquired Atlanta Hawk and the uh, Hawks come out on top in this one uh, against the Detroit Pistons. Next, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers won on the road in Brooklyn against the Nets, 115 to 109. Um, they had a much bigger lead early in the game. Um, Nets really tried to uh, rally back, you know, have a chance to win it. Unfortunately, they weren't able to do it. Um, we also saw a great poster dunk from Donovan Mitchell on Yuta Watanabe. Uh, so that was impressive. For the Brooklyn Nets, they were led by um, Dayron Sharp, the rookie off the bench, uh, led them in scoring 20 points and 11 rebounds, two steals and two blocks. Um, great game for him. That's got to be one of the best games of his very young career, if not the best game. Um, he also got 19 points and 11 assists from Spencer Dinwiddie, 18 points from Mikhail Bridges, 16 points from Cameron Johnson. Uh, 13 for Nick Claxton and 12 for Royce O'Neal. So pretty balanced scoring. Meanwhile, for the Cavs, same thing, but just a little bit more potent with some of their players. Leading scorer for them being Donovan Mitchell, 31 points, five rebounds, three assists. Great all-round game. Uh, Second leading scorer was Karis LeVert off the bench, who had 18 points. Uh, 17 points each for Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Um, Meanwhile, Jared Allen returning to action he was able to um, he's able to score 12 points, but also grab 14 rebounds and two blocks. Uh, so great game for him. Jetty Osman also had 12 points off the bench. Uh, so nice win for Cleveland. They continue to solidify uh, probably a top four position in that Eastern Conference. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, standings and such in a moment. Uh, next, the New Orleans Pelicans win a great game at home against the San Antonio Spurs, uh, 119 to 84 to help their uh, cause is as far as the uh, the play in chase in the Western Conference, a very hectic Western Conference. Um, close to the first few minutes and then the Pelicans built a lead to end the first and then they just continued to build that lead, uh, leading by as much as 36, winning by just a little bit less than that uh, for the Spurs. 
They were led by uh, Sandro Mamukilashvili starting in this game. 25 minutes he played in this game starting at center, and he had 20 points, five rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Uh, you know, we mentioned very briefly uh, on Monday's show how impressed we were with some of the minutes he had coming off the bench. So now he gets a chance to start with some of the injuries that San Antonio is dealing with uh, slash resting players. And he has a great game. You know, awesome to see that from a guy who's just trying to get his his chance in the league. Uh, 15 points each for Trey Jones and uh, Devontae Graham. Graham's 15 coming off the bench. Trey Jones also added eight assists. 12 points for Katabates Diop, and those were the four uh, 10-plus point-per-game uh, point uh, game scorers. Um, had the same flub on an earlier episode, I think. Meanwhile, for the Pelicans, their leading scorer was Brandon Ingram, 32 points, seven assists, four rebounds. Uh, as I feel like I say, I've said a lot of the times with these Pelicans games, he's doing what he can to, you know, fill the gaps in those, you know, forward spots with Zion still out. Uh, we have some updates on that in just a moment. 19 points and 15 rebounds for Jonas Valanciunas, 17 points for Trey Murphy, the third 15 points for CJ McCollum and 10 for Josh Richardson coming off the bench as the Pelicans get a nice win at home next. Uh, this is maybe the, one of the two most notable games. Uh, the Boston Celtics win on the road in Sacramento against the Kings, 132 to 109. Um, tough loss for Sacramento. They're still one of the better teams in the NBA, but it's hard to argue that, you know, they're on the same type of level as a Boston, you know, despite Boston's struggles at various points in the last few weeks, uh, they're still a better team. Um, close through the first half, but then Boston really ran away with it in the second half. Um, so a great all-around game for them. For Sacramento, uh, they were led by, uh, in scoring by De'Aaron Fox, he had 18 points, but Demonis Sabonis had a little bit better all-round game, 16 points, 13 rebounds, and 12 assists. Uh, he continues to play phenomenally for Sacramento. They also got 15 points from the rookie Keegan Murray, um, 13 off the bench for Davion Mitchell, 12 off the bench for Terrence Davis, and uh, 11 for Harrison Barnes. Meanwhile, for the Celtics, their uh, five double-figure scorers were all starters. 36 points for Jason Tatum, 27 points for Jalen Brown, 20 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds for Derek White, 17 points, 7 assists for Marcus Smart. Um, all of those guys played a great game. They had a little bit of bench support, but um, starters really getting it done in this game for Boston as they get a very impressive road win. Uh, to rack up their win total to 50. And finally, the Oklahoma City Thunder win a very close game in Los Angeles against the Clippers, 101 to 100. Uh, and there's a bit of a, a tough footnote in this one for the Clippers. We'll get to that in just a moment. For the Clippers, um, they were led by Kawhi Leonard. He had 21 points, six rebounds, five assists. Uh, Paul George in slightly limited minutes, 18 points, seven rebounds, five assists. He also had three steals and a block adding those defensive numbers, 15 points, eight rebounds for Russell Westbrook, 13 points for Ivica Zubats. They also had 12 rebounds off the bench for Mason Plumley. Uh, meanwhile, for the Thunder, 31 points for Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, kind of par for the course this season, seven rebounds, four assists. 20 points, eight boards for Jalen Williams. That's L-E-N Williams. Uh, him compared to his fellow rookie teammate, uh, Jalen, that's L-I-N Williams. 
Uh, L.E.N. Williams, he seems to get a little bit more um, statistical output. Um, but the other Williams has been impressive. I think he's a, uh, an undersized guy who's been starting a ton of games at center um, and he's been making it work. They've continued to be uh, in the back half of the season. I think they're probably around 500, maybe even a little bit above. Um, and so he's been impressive too. 12 points off the bench for Isaiah Joe and uh, the Thunder get a nice win there. Uh, and that was the last of our games from last night's action. Uh, we use that as our segue into the news. Um, we have a ton of injury-related news, some of it positive, some of it negative. Uh, you know, some guys coming back from injury, some guys that are going to be missing time with injury. Um, we start with a guy that's coming back, a long-anticipated player uh, for the Timberwolves. Carl Anthony Towns did indeed make his return to action tonight versus the Atlanta Hawks at home. Um, Carl Anthony Towns had last played all the way back in November Missed a ton of time with uh, with injury, and so he's back. That's great news for Minnesota, especially as they're gearing up for their own play and push and seeing what they can do in a postseason situation with their uh, you know new look compared to last season's roster. So that'll be interesting to watch out for. Uh, injury news in the in the bad sense. We mentioned very briefly with the Clippers Thunder game that Paul George uh, didn't quite play a full game, and that's because very late in the game uh, he got injured. Uh, apparent knee injury and the report is that he's going to be missing two to three weeks with that knee injury which is just devastating um, for the Clippers that timeline puts him around you know maybe slipping in for a comeback at the very end of the season more likely you know start of the play-in slash playoff uh, games depending on where the Clippers are at Uh, he should hopefully be back by then so definitely wishing him the best in that um, with that injury at this time couple other uh, guys returning to action, most notably John Morant. We mentioned on yesterday's show that uh, they expected him to uh, return today, and he did play tonight versus the Golden State Warriors in Memphis. Uh, so that's great news. Or, excuse me, versus the Houston Rockets at home in Memphis. So that's great news for, for the league, for, for John Morant, for the Grizzlies. That's awesome. And then also another return, uh, he'd miss a little bit less time. And his was just more specifically injury related, but for the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic made his return tonight at home versus Golden State Warriors. Uh, so both star players back. Uh, that's great to see both of those guys back. Um, for the Pelicans, Zion Williamson is reportedly resuming "quote unquote" basketball activities. Um, you know, making some progress with his own injury. He'll be reevaluated again in two weeks, so he's not quite gearing up for a return yet, but he's getting closer. Um, similar to Paul George. More and more, the timeline looks like it'll be, uh, you know, as far as a return from injury would be, you know, very, very best case scenario, very end of the season, um, but most likely in time for play-in slash playoff um, type play. But Pelicans, uh, it's going to be real close whether they make it. You know, they're right in that mix. But I think at the moment, um, they're on the outside looking in. So that's going to be a tough push in these last few weeks. Uh, for the Sixers, uh, James Harden did not play tonight uh, in Chicago versus the Bulls. He is dealing with left Achilles soreness. Um, I think I saw that, you know, Doc Rivers was asked about it. He doesn't seem uh, too concerned as far as this taking him out long term from play. Um, but definitely, you know, tough to miss him for a game that, you know, you want to keep racking up those wins as we get to the end of the season. So, um, 
Anyways, just something worth noting, but that's really all the injury related news. Um, more of those being returns from injury rather than, you know, injuries. I think we were, you know, three to two on that ratio. So that's good. But, you know, those guys that are injured and or have been still trying to recover from injuries, we always wish them the best uh, as they try and gear up to return to action. Uh, one other note before we get into transactions uh, for the Indiana Pacers, uh, Buddy Heald has been fined twenty five thousand dollars for a quote-unquote obscene gesture in their loss uh, in Charlotte against the Hornets on Monday, I believe that was uh, when that game happened. Um, Yes, Monday's game. Uh, Didn't see what the gesture was myself. Um, Curious what that might have been, but that's uh, I guess that's just your official news. He's been fined $25,000. Then we get to transactions. Uh, I do owe you a little brief apology here. I had been forgetting to get transactions, at least in yesterday's news, if not the last couple of days news. Uh, So I apologize for that. But we've got a few items here to update you on as far as league transactions. Uh, The biggest one comes from today. In fact, the Charlotte Hornets have extended uh, center Nick Richards contract. I'm not sure exactly how long that extension is, but either way, congratulations to him. He's played well for the the Hornets. so That's a good signing Uh, for the Rockets. They are going to be signing free agent guard DJ Augustin. Uh, Augustine, excuse me, to a standard contract that is uh, reportedly that's a report from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Uh, that's kind of a fun one. You know, Augustine, a longtime veteran in the NBA, solid point guard, uh, a couple of playoff moments under his belt. Um, cool to see him come back. You know, I was kind of surprised he hadn't played the season. He's not uh, too old at this point, but uh, cool to see him back in the league. Uh, for the Golden State Warriors, they've uh, switched around some contracts. They've converted two of their contracts. Uh, Lester Quinones, who was on a standard contract, he's been converted uh, down to a two-way contract. Meanwhile, Anthony Lamb, who's been playing a lot of minutes for them this season, he's been converted from a two-way contract to a standard contract. So those two switching spots there. Uh, so congratulations to Anthony Lamb uh, on that move. That's a great one. For the Utah Jazz, they have signed forward uh, Jarrell Brantley to a 10-day contract. Um, you may be familiar. He was drafted by the Jazz. Um, I believe drafted. He was acquired. If he wasn't drafted by the Jazz, he was acquired pretty soon after the draft. Um, you know, spent his rookie and or sophomore seasons with the Jazz. Um, was released, you know. Wasn't part of the roster to start this season. Uh, but they've brought him back um, at least for the short term. So that's kind of cool to see. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, they have signed center Moses Brown. Uh, Brown's bounced around t- between a couple of different teams over the last month or so. He's on a 10-day contract as well, so that's cool to see for him. And finally, for the Washington Wizards, they have re-signed guard uh, Xavier Cooks to a standard contract uh, instead of a 10-day contract, so that's cool to see him get a little more of an opportunity there. Um, otherwise, I had a little bit more news than I anticipated, but that takes care of our uh, key news for today Uh, so we've done our game summaries our key news we're now getting into the meat of the show our wednesday show we're focused on the playoff picture and the playoff previews at this point in the season and i'm actually going to combine this with my weekly prediction um and that's also a good chance for me to talk about uh the schedule for uh today and tomorrow so normally when justin's on the show here on wednesdays we both give our own weekly prediction what we'll do justin is hoping to be on the show tomorrow so the plan is I'm going to give you my weekly prediction tonight, uh, along with our playoff picture discussion. Then on tomorrow's show, in addition to our normal Thursday show stuff, our franchise focus, uh, Justin is going to give us his own weekly prediction. So that's the uh, 
you know, the timeline and the the schedule as far as that's concerned. Um, but for not, tonight, we're going to talk playoff picture, but my prediction is very closely related to the playoff picture. So I'm going to use that as my lead in. I'm going to do it reverse order. I'm going to give you my prediction first and use that as my lead in to the playoff picture discussion. So this is my weekly prediction. Uh, my prediction is that the current standings in the Eastern Conference, we're talking um, the end of tonight's games. Uh, you know, every team that every game that involves an Eastern Conference team is finished at this point in tonight's games, uh, March 22nd of 2023. So you're looking at the standings tonight. Um, those standings in the East are going to exactly match what the play in and the playoff picture will look like, uh, what teams will be in it and what seeds they'll be. Uh, so a little bit of a longer winded prediction, but basically as it looks right now, current records, tiebreakers, all those type of things and the seeding uh, of those teams based on their records. Uh, obviously there's more games to play. We've got about 10 more games uh, average, you know, somewhere around there for most of these teams, but uh, this Eastern conference, I think this is pretty close to what it will end up being. Uh, you know, currently we have Milwaukee as the number one seed, Boston right behind them at two Phillies right behind them. Uh, Cleveland at four. So that rounds out your top four, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, and Cleveland. New York has made a push at moments. I don't think they've got quite enough momentum and or games to slide into a top four spot. So I think they'll lock in that fifth spot. Uh, Brooklyn right behind them. I think they've got enough to hold their ground, especially with the inconsistencies of the teams behind them. That would mean your play in picture would be uh, Miami heat uh, as your seven Atlanta Hawks as your eight, they would be the first uh, game of your play in matchup. You'd have Toronto at nine, Chicago at 10, and they would be the second matchup. Uh, again, if you're unfamiliar with how the play in picture works, the seven and eight seeds play the winner of that game gets the seventh seed. So if Atlanta were to beat Miami, if this was the full playoff picture, Atlanta beats Miami in that first round series, that, that first play-in game, even though Atlanta finishes the season with an eighth seed by record, they would uh, lock in the seventh seed in the playoffs. Um, so then you would have uh, the winner of that ninth and tenth game playing the loser of the other game to see who gets that final spot in the, the eighth seed in the playoffs. So um, that would mean that Indiana and Washington, uh, along with Orlando, Charlotte, Detroit, Charlotte and Detroit are already eliminated from the playoff picture, but Indiana, Washington and Orlando would finish outside the playoff picture uh, and the play in picture as well. And those would be your teams in the Eastern Conference. That's what I'm locking in is my prediction, you know, and with only 10 games left, it's not an ultra bold prediction. You know, I stand a, a good chance either way of being fairly close to this. You know, the Eastern Conference compared to the Western Conference has been a lot more stable uh, not a, a lot of movers and shakers in that middle pack, but there's still a lot of chance for movement. You know, we've seen Brooklyn falter lately and, you know, struggle more and, you know, play a little bit closer to what we anticipated might happen with the departure of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So uh, it's very likely that Miami is able to pass them. I mean, they're, they're tied as far as, um, I mean, their win percentage is basically exactly the same. Miami has one more win and one more loss. So they're basically right there. Um, so that's very possible, but Miami has also struggled with consistency. Um, and then Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago, they're all kind of lumped in their own little group. Uh, Indiana's just a little bit past them. 
Uh, Miami's a little bit ahead of them. So I think there's a good chance that this kind of locks in and stays how it is. You know, there's also intrigue with Boston and Philly. Uh, there's going to be a fight for that second seed. Milwaukee has a little bit of a lead on both those teams. So um, that's kind of the outlook for the pick, the playoff picture in the East. And that's my prediction because I don't think there's a ton of radical change that will happen in these last 10 games. There's intrigue with Chicago and Indiana. Um, does Indiana have enough momentum and maybe Washington to try and snag that 10 spot? I'm not sure they do. I think you're kind of low on time. Um, who ends up with the sixth seed? Brooklyn, Miami. Uh, it's probably one of those two teams at this point. And then the battle for second seed, uh, Boston versus Philly. So there's some small intrigue, but then we lead into the Western Conference playoff picture, and that's a lot more. There's a lot more intrigue there. Um, final note on the Eastern Conference: keep in mind that Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia at this point are the only three teams to officially clinch playoff spots at this point in the season. Uh, Charlotte and Detroit, as I mentioned, have been officially eliminated. Meanwhile, in the West, uh, we also have two teams that have already been eliminated: the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. But only one team has clinched the playoffs at this point, uh, along with it clinching their division, and that is the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they're 49-24. They're three and a half games ahead of the second place Memphis Grizzlies. So Nuggets have locked in most likely that first seed. They've clinched their division, of course. Um, they have a good chance within the next week or two to clinch the conference. So they're in a good position. But the West, we've talked about it ad nauseum this season. There's a ton of intrigue here. And I even last week, I believe, made a, a prediction as far as what I thought those final teams would be. Um, foolishly, I did not write that down, and I did not re-listen to that episode prior to this so I could remember what that exact order was. Um, but we've definitely had some shakeup as far as what that order was last week. Um, you know, I don't believe Utah was... I think they were outside looking in last week. Now they're in that 10th spot. Dallas has dropped to nine. Oklahoma City has jumped up to eight. Los Angeles, uh, the Lakers have moved down to 11. The Clippers have moved up to five. So, you know, they, there's been a bunch of movement. And still, um, seeds five through 12 are only separated by two and a half games. There's a touch more separation as far as Portland has dropped uh, over the last couple of weeks. They're now... Um, three and a half games back of New Orleans in that 13th spot. So at this point, Portland is probably trending towards being one of the next teams eliminated from the playoff picture. In fact, their record is only slightly better than Orlando in the Eastern Conference. So unfortunately for Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers, they will probably be the one of the next teams to be officially eliminated from the playoff picture. So that'll provide a little bit of a clearer picture. But yet again, the Lakers and the Pelicans outside the play-in, but only a half game back from either Dallas or Utah in the ninth and 10th spot. Those two teams, Dallas and Utah, only a half game behind 7th and 8th, the Timberwolves and the Thunder, Minnesota and Oklahoma City. Uh, so 7 through 12 is super close. All of those teams that are play-in picture teams are only separated by one game. Seven through 12 separated by one game as we get into the last two and a half weeks of the season. Ultra close here. Almost too close to call. There's It's really tough to separate some of these teams uh, as far as who's really going to make it. A lot of it can depend on uh, injuries to the roster. Um, 
players just being in a rhythm. If you have a player that's, you know, having an off few games that that could really be a detriment to your, you know, play and push. There's so many factors here and it's going to be really intriguing to continue to watch this. Um, and that's where it's closest, but still five and six are not too far. And even Phoenix is not too far from some of these teams. You know, Phoenix in the fourth spot is only two and a half games ahead of Minnesota in the seventh spot. So there's still some intrigue there. The Clippers at five, Warriors at six. Warriors only a game ahead of Minnesota. The Warriors have every chance to to slide and slide into the play-in picture. They have every chance to have a great end of the season and slide up to fifth or fourth. And so there'll be a lot to watch out for throughout this whole picture. And again, it's the same story we've had all season. There's not really much more I can tell you, but I think I'm hoping that once we get around to Monday next week, Monday's show on next, on, on next week's uh, schedule next week's docket that we'll maybe be able to say, okay, here's some teams that are starting to separate themselves a little bit, you know, momentum over the last week, over the last few weeks has really, you know, been in their favor. But again, these teams are all very close and every team has an equal chance to go on a run as they do to, to falter at the end of the season. Uh, A ton of factors in play. Um, You know, if, if you're looking at the last 10 games, the Oklahoma City Thunder have made the best push of any of these teams. They're eight and two in their last 10 games, moving up to eight. So, so they're probably the team with the best momentum. But then if you look four through 12 outside of that, they're all either 500 over their last 10 or just above or just below. Um, no huge win streaks uh, for any of those teams. No huge losing streaks. So it's very intriguing. Thunder or maybe the lone team right now that have a really good momentum push uh, as they try and lock in a play-in type appearance. So, so that's one to watch out for. But otherwise, uh, we'll need to keep, uh, you know, keep watching, see what happens with that Western Conference, and it'll be very intriguing to see what happens there. With that, um, of course, we've done our prediction in tandem with our playoff picture. That really takes care of the the bulk of our show. Let me give you our this day in history fact before I wrap things up. Uh, we're going back not too far to the year 2000, uh, March 22nd of 2000. The Phoenix Suns, Jason Kidd, is lost for the remainder of the regular season after breaking his ankle in a 114-93 to triumph over Sacramento at American West Arena. Of course, that was in Phoenix. The following day, the Suns announced that Kevin Johnson was coming out of retirement to help his former team in its time of need. Johnson, who was 34 at the time, whose career average of 9.2 assists per game ranks fourth in NBA history, had not played since the 1997 to 1998 season. Um, so there's a lot of interesting you know, notes in that. I can't remember if that was Jason Kidd's last season or second to last season in Phoenix. I want to say second to last off the top of my head. Um, I believe Penny Hardaway was on the team at that moment in that, in that interesting Nick, uh, not Nick's son's picture. Uh, Kevin Johnson, of course, and they might have, no, they didn't have Steve Nash at that point. Uh, so kid Penny Hardaway, Kevin Johnson, super interesting mix of, you know, well above average point guards. And, it reminds me of, in some ways, there was a Phoenix team a couple years prior that had uh, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and Kevin Johnson all on the roster at the same time 
of course, uh, Steve Nash was just a rookie or a sophomore who really hadn't had much of an opportunity. Kevin Johnson was aging, but to have those three point guards in the locker room at the same time as kind of your guard rotation, how unique is that? You know, it's like the, it's like the Packers having Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers on the roster or the Sixers, the not Sixers, the 49ers having Steve Young and, and Joe Montana, um, you know, and it's not something we see a ton in, in a lot of sports and it's the same for the NBA. So just a cool one to know. I, I thought it was super interesting to note that one. Uh, but otherwise that takes care of our uh, this day in history fact. And that is it for our show today. Uh, thank you all again for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, we encourage you to check out our Instagram page. That's crossover across time, all one word uh, on Instagram. We share content from the show along with content from across the NBA. We do our best to share content from across the NBA. So that in tandem with the podcast itself, great way to stay up to date on what's going on in the NBA. For tomorrow's show, we'll have our normal game summaries and key news, as well as our franchise focus. This time we'll be talking about the Houston Rockets. Uh, of course, they started their existence as the San Diego Rockets. So there's a lot of interesting history with the Rockets. Um, we'll also have a bonus uh, weekly prediction with Justin, who will be joining us for that show. So that'll be an interesting uh, change of pace for us. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and uh, that's really kind of the summary for tomorrow's show. But uh, thank you again for listening. And we'll be back with you on uh, on tomorrow's show. See you then.